Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Good, man. Had a dual meet tonight, senior night. New semester is underway at school. I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> not <laughs> sleeping. Ugh, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I got a. Uh, I have a four day weekend coming up, so that's Ooh, pretty cool. That so is we cool. we. We normally get Monday off from Martin Luther King Day, but uh, tomorrow is wife G's birthday. So it's my wife's birthday. Oh. So I took a day of leave. So I'm uh, going to take her down to the lagoons down here and uh, go spend the day. So it's going to be kind of cool. Well, happy birthday to Mrs. G. Yeah. Happy birthday, wife G. Um, so that's, that's going to be a, we got, we got a lot, we got a lot going on this weekend, man. I got something going on every single day, but um, for those asking, I will recap Hard to Kill at some point this weekend. It's not like it's not going to be Friday. I, I will probably watch it in the middle of the night, and then somehow on Saturday night or early Sunday morning or something, I'll do a solo show and just kind of do my best recap that I could do solo. Because I'm busy, and I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate you stepping up when I'm worthless, basically. Well, you're not worthless. You're a working man. You work on the weekends a lot of time. You always have something going on. So I um, always have something going on on the weekends. I need to fix that by the time now the kid's getting older. I got to stop yeah. that so much. But yeah. So. Yeah, man. Slow so, week. Slow week. <laughs> Dude. So uh, <laughs> let's just, we're going to go ahead and get right into this Vince stuff. And I'm not going to separate the show like we did last week. So Remember, um, dude, our, our lead topic has changed three times this week. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what it reminds me? Our original lead topic, and I just remind that just reminded me. I have to put that back up on the show. Our original lead topic was Jay White. And we will talk about Jay White. That was like uh, 10 news cycles ago. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about Jay White? Yeah. So I do I do want to talk about him. So I have him on the list. That's we'll save that for the Patreon. But man, so Tuesday, I I don't even remember what time. Tuesday at some point. Tuesday night. I was having dinner. That's how I remember it. It was when everything it was after practice and everything went to shit. So Brian Alvarez, and you know what? Bad on him, by the way. And I know that we're friendly with the Observer and we got a lot of mutual friends with Brian. But um, I think he'll look back on this and say this is probably not his best moment. But he just hops onto Twitter and, and does a vague tweet. And vague tweets are – I fucking hate them. I hate anybody that just tweets eyeball emojis when they know a story's about to break. Just say what it is if you got the story. If not, don't say anything at all. Let whoever's got it break it, okay? So he gets onto Twitter, and he said, I think some huge news is going to drop any minute now. Something to that effect, right? Earth-shattering whatever it was, the biggest news of all time. Major story about to drop, I believe, is yeah. the garbage. Yeah, yeah, so something to that effect. And, and this is, reminder, reminder, this is after, an hour after Stephanie McMahon had already stepped down. Yes. Oh, yeah. So the day starts off with Stephanie <laughs> resigning. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Stephanie steps down. And that gets picked up everywhere, right? And then later in the evening, that Brian Alvarez says the thing about the major story about the drop any minute. And so we're we're talking. We we have like we have some connections around the way, we right? Know some we people. know people. We know people. We know some people. And so we 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 reached out to some people, and the first thing we saw was. Saudis are buying WWE, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that, that isn't that the first thing you saw? First thing I saw. But here's the thing. It was universal. Yeah. Everybody was saying this. And this is why I don't quite 
of course the story got denied it was it reminded me of like the remember when the boston bombing happened the boston marathon bombing and everybody on twitter had like them going after the wrong guy and it turned out they were out everyone was after the wrong guy i'll never forget this is like <laughs> right the first time that i really really saw like social media failed it kind of reminded me of that a little bit because the marks frame was like no the saudis aren't buying anybody and then i don't know and- yeah, well, and so I'm I'm just gonna run through I'll run through kind of okay. how everything goes down. So we reach out to some people, you know, some people. Um, we have some mutual friends, and so we we're into this conversation. It's like, okay, Saudis are buying it, but you and I obviously don't say anything. And then um, Body Slam Cassidy, who uh, we have a mutual friend with him, Gerard. They're they're pretty tight. Gerard works for Body Slam, and he's just like he just runs with it. So uh, Cassidy Haynes, I think is his name, and Steve Mulhausen. So Cassidy Haynes from Body Slam and Steve Mulhausen from DAZN, they run with it and say this is like a done deal. The Saudis have bought bought them. Then all of a sudden, Deadspin, all these other major publications, they're saying report it's a it's about a done deal. Everybody's thinking it's a it, it could be a done deal at this point. And then as the night progresses. Like, okay, well, it's not really a done deal. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of hoops they got to jump through, but it's basically happening. And then by the time we get up the next day, everybody is kind of like Mulhausen actually tw- deleted all his tweets about it. So he, he acted like that doesn't even exist. And then one by one, a lot of, a lot of folks um, said that, okay, original reports, they might've jumped the gun a little bit. It's not a done deal, but the deal is still could, could happen essentially. But most people think that uh, there's still a lot of other suitors in play. So we had conversations with people. I had some conversations too. Um, the first one I had with, with someone was like, yeah, yeah, we're fucked. This is <laughs> bias. <laughs> and then it was like, no, it's supposed to be a, a story that was leaked intentionally. The vibe I got, I didn't, no one said this, but the vibe I got was that um, I think the Saudis did more than kick the tires. And it was uh, our mutual friend Snowden that, that floated the idea that maybe Vince is looking to go private and was using Saudi capital mm. to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't think this story is done. I No, I, I don't think. I You know what? And they said that... It, Everybody's saying the Saudis have not bought WWE. I believe they have not bought WWE yet. I I believe they have a deal with the Saudis whenever they want it. It's there for the taking, but they're still chopping it around to try to to see what the best move going forward is. But I think Vince has that in his back pocket. And I I think that's why he came back because he knew he had that in his back pocket. Stories leak for reasons. So I keep going back to why did this story leak? And again, I I heard a rumor that was – it was leaked to intentionally disrupt potential TV deals. I mean, like, there's nothing to drive a pr- okay. There's nothing to drive a price up more than saying, "Oh, so and so is going to buy it," right? Because what does that happen? I mean, like, we see this all the time, especially with stupid rich people. Like, oh, they got it. Well, now I want it more, and they're going to spend more now. So, I mean, like, again, I don't think it's a done deal. Like, I don't think it's a done deal by any stretch. Clearly, it's not a done. No, deal. no. But it doesn't mean it can't be. Like, again, we live through WCW. Right where remember Eric Bischoff? They announced that Eric Bischoff's company mm-hmm. had bought WCW, and then then they Fusion Media. Fusion Media. Thank you. I forgot the yeah. name of it. Uh, our good friend, our good friend John Muse could tell you a lot of stories about that. Yes, um, yes. And then remember, because Vince was going to buy it in the fall, and then that fell through, and mm-hmm. then he wound up with it anyway. So I mean, like these things. And again, Vince had just taken the company over again, which by the way, Vince is now in control of WWE again. That's like three new cycles ago. <laughs> um, 
that couldn't happen that fast. And that was one thing. I'm like, how could this be this fast? He just got control of the company. But yeah. at the same time, he just got control of the company. I think you're – this is the conversation. We, we had Garrett in our, in our private chat too. Is He's like, what do the Saudis gain? Right. And my thought was, what do they want? They want Western acceptance, mm-hmm. right? And acceptance of the fact that they just want to be considered on the level of the West without changing a damn thing about their country, about their country and their culture. They still want to butcher people and chop they, people's bodies and torture gay people, but they just right. want everyone to be cool with it. They you know? they they want to they want to buy our love and affection, right? Yes, and they and they and they're willing to do that by buying the things that we love, i.e., things that they think that we love. Meaning the two biggest things right now, or three pro wrestling golf and boxing right now is kind of what they're buying yeah and i get like when garrett's i know we're talking about here's like well you know they're you know lives this live i know nothing of golf i didn't know what live golf was until i had a conversation with our golf coach last fall um but lives a startup like i get it wwe isn't a startup like Mm -hmm. that's a turnkey operation and all of a sudden like you have propaganda and wwe is not above doing saudi propaganda your buddy triple h also continued the the propaganda <laughs> full, sure full blast like no no shame there whatsoever so you know he's <laughs> he's got no morality but i don't expect anyone from pro wrestling to have morality more on that later yeah. um i did hear there were other suitors and again i'm not going to go report stuff that i've heard because i don't know if it's true it's all hearsay right. conjecture but i have heard that there are other offers on the table yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's probably going to be getting leaked out here pretty soon. But there was an article that I thought was very interesting <laughs> for this show, and which is what our lead story really is. So we've kind of been, the last 10 minutes, been setting the table for this. So it was Barron's, which is, I guess, a sister publication to the Wall Street Journal. Have and you ever heard of Barron's on- before today? I, I've never read the Wall Street Journal. I Look, I, I know of stocks. I've seen documentaries on stock market crashes. I have like $3,000 in an E-Trade account, and I don't know what to do with it. So I'm not a stock reader, right? I don't really know the market, so I don't know nothing of, of either publication. But Barron's is the sister publication of Wall Street Journal, the the articles that Paul Ellering used to read, <laughs> whatever he would walk the, the, the road warriors to the ring, right? Wrestling um, show. You can tell that's, yeah. our, that's our tie to the Wall Street <laughs> Journal and Barron's. Because, you know, like Paul Ellering in the 80s used to have this newspaper rolled up. Yes. Yeah. God, we're dorks. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, I know. Uh, I have to relate everything to pro wrestling. Such but story. anyway, so... Barron's wrote it, and one of the he said that the one of the suitors, I don't know if they termed it as being in play or somebody that was just interested in buying. What I thought was very interesting would be one Shad Khan and Tony Khan, owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and of course, all elite wrestling. Don't bury the lead. They also own Fulham Soccer Club, and I I've heard the name many times a <laughs> hotel in Toronto that was once owned by the Saudis or someone there, something right. Um, <laughs> I can't stop laughing thinking about this. All right. Let's just let's just open up right now. Well, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. No, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> no. It's not gonna happen. No, Vince not- would choke on a razor blade before selling his baby to Tony Khan. <laughs> Especially after Triple H was at the Hall of Fame calling it a pissant company and saying right. Vince was gonna buy it, right? Right. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. But I like the fact that it's a little bit of gamesmanship from the Khan family just by throwing their name in the hat. Yeah. Okay. You read it on Barron's. I read it on CNBC. Yeah. It's been picked up everywhere. So you know what this really is? This is like, hey, you know, uh, we'll buy that. We're interested. What's the cost? Yeah, we'll we'll kick the tires on it. 
oh, they're and all of a sudden they got themselves a bunch of free advertising, free media publicity. Mm-hmm. You know, now all of a sudden people have never uttered the term all elite wrestling are using it. All they've done is just shine a nice little light on their company. <laughs> like it's, it's it's done a great job of bringing yeah. awareness to their alternative brand and saying we could buy WWE when they actually kind of could. Yeah. If Vince would allow that again, right. Vince razor blades, you know, you yeah. will see. I think it's more likely that Stephanie would buy WWE outright than Tony Khan. Well, let's let's explain how this works, because I think sure. people think that Shad Khan, who's very rich, right? Very rich. He, like the Khan family has more money than the McMahon family. They do. Um, but people think that Khan would just write. Uh, an eight billion dollar check, like here. Oh, here's my checkbook. Here's how the so people are. I think that's what people think is going to happen. It's like, yeah. no, they would have to put together a capital investment group, right? They would have to reach out and then buy, bring all these investors in. They'd have to have a plan in place and yada yada yada, make sure the TV deals are available. That would be a long drawn out process. And then, oh, of course, the guy with eighty percent of the voting power would have to sign off on it. And there's no fucking way he'd sign off on it. He no. he would he would take less money from somebody else than more money from the Khan family because he just wouldn't he wouldn't eat that kind of shit. Um, there would be, if you will, no chance in hell. Yeah, like yeah, I see what I did there. Um, but I love the gamesmanship. I absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love it. You know who? You know who? The first thing I thought of when I read that, I was like, I want Tony Khan to buy this company so I can watch Scott Young meltdown. That is yes. what I need. <laughs> I need, I would, Scott would absolutely (laughs) lose his mind and I would, I'm sorry, I'm a petty person. I would be here for that and I would be entertained greatly to see my friend, to see my friend miserable. (laughs) Just miserable. Yeah. If, if Tony Khan bought WWE, (laughs) I, I want to, I want to be on the rap that week. Like I just, I just want to, and I just want to be live with, I just want to see everybody's faces as you just gloat while Scott cries in a corner. I I want to, I want this, I want the stream yard platform and just sit like this. While Keelan Scott break down how Tony Khan has bought WWE. Yeah, how, I, how Tony Khan appeared on Raw and publicly fired the Miz. Like I gotta see it. Oh my like, god, that would be the best. Um oh wow. <laughs> god will never let me be that happy. So no. it'll never happen. It will never happen. But I, I would love no. for it to. Now again, yeah. like you said, Vince McMahon has 80% of the voting power. And the reality is he put himself back in charge. Cause again. Don't go full Dangor. Remember, I was going to do this whole bit where I just yelled at a fake Louis Dangor the whole time. But there's too much more important, too many more important things. I can't. That bitch, that's three days ago. But he's really stupid, by the way. Um, He said, well, Vince McMahon's not. He can't just put himself back in chart. (laughs) That's the first thing he did. And people are like, I can't believe he did that. It's like, it's like. Not pay attention again. I'm gonna take a victory lap. I told you guys yeah. this was gonna happen, and here we are. Yeah, like, like he he was done, like oh like Vince could actually just put himself back in charge. Like he like he literally has every legal right to do that. Like he can yes. do that. I know yeah. I know there's some there's some idiot in Delaware trying to sue him over it. Sorry that that lawsuit's gonna die a quick fucking death. You're an idiot. That's not or it'll get drawn out forever. I yeah. mean those lawsuits are yeah. stupid. Like yeah. this. I mean he literally said, "Well the board voted voted him down." Well he owned the board. He put the he put a new board together. <laughs> this is how yeah. capitalism works. And the best okay the best part is clearly he is. He has out being a public company has outlived its usefulness for Vince McMahon because of all the uh, scrutiny, right? 
all you know, yeah. you got to report everything. He's tired of that. So the Saudi thing makes total sense if you're Vince McMahon, because how much longer are you going to be alive for? Probably another 30 years knowing Vince McMahon. But then, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you take that capital back and then make it private. And then you get to own everything and nobody gets to know how big a piece of shit you really are. Even though everybody knows how big a piece of shit you really are. Right. There's, there's little like, what, what's the biggest, besides the NDAs, what's the biggest pain in his ass? It's the SEC. Yes. Right. Not the Southeastern conference, the securities and exchange commission. Okay. Yeah. So that's the federal government, the, the government oversight. If he goes back to being private um, and he can get eight and a half billion dollars and still keep himself in charge. I think he's fine. The problem is, is if the Saudis do buy this thing, I don't think that a lot of networks are going to want to do business. I disagree. So I, think I, I think a lot will, but I think that he's probably going to lose out on some potential co- competitive suitors. I don't buy that because I don't think there are any competitive suitors for the TV deal. It's it's Comcast or nothing. Yeah, but if there's only. Yeah. If there's only one suitor, how do you drive that price up, right? And they were able to drive the price up on Comcast if because you're, oh, Fox and and I think Disney at one point was interested for, for Disney's never been in. That's no, that is a not accurate. Disney has never like I know he had a meeting with Iger. I know uh, Nikki Khan had that meeting with Bob Iger today, but Disney has never expressed public interest in buying WWE well, ever. That's just an I assumption guess, that people make. They're selling. Right. I think Nick Khan's trying to get them interested in it. But the truth is, and the people, this wrestling fans, so they don't like hearing this. Marvel, or excuse me, Disney does need wwe they have the young boy audience with marvel they have the young boy the older boy audience with star wars wwe does not fit their corporate profile yeah no that that's so i guess what i meant was disney interested in the tv rights that's what i was that's what i was saying for because they got espn plus they can do espn plus pay-per-view they also have fx the channel that's under the disney portfolio now so i like i i think there could be room for a wwe in there and plus you know ufc's all over espn i think i think it would work on fx hulu yeah, ESPN. Disney, disney to make a play for the media rights okay i'll buy for that but disney doesn't yeah own ufc endeavor owns ufc that is a player i think could i'm surprised has it emerged more no they people have been talking about endeavor too yeah Yeah, but it doesn't seem like they're like in the top of the conversation like as i thought they'd be i thought they would be i thought vince was going to get this the dana deal right that was kind of what i was thinking but again disney i just don't i don't foresee that i would be surprised if that winds up being i think it's i do i I think there's too much. I think there's too much history and goodwill between Comcast and WWE. Like, yeah. if Comcast doesn't buy them outright, I I just don't. I just don't see that happening, right? And I I could be wrong. I, you know, I, I reserve the right to be wrong. But I mean, and if they're in bed the Saudis, they haven't had a problem doing Saudi propaganda on the network before for WWE. Mm-hmm. Like every year yeah. they go to Riyadh or whatever backwater Sandberg that place is, like. They they don't complain about it, like it's WWE. So yeah, like and I don't and Fox Fox does their pay per views with uh, Tyson Fury over in Saudi Arabia, right? And so they're not they can't be that worried about it. So um, no, it's either you I have think, all integrity or no integrity. And no integrity is the way. I think yeah. people I think people need to understand that that when it comes to capitalism. And like these people, and now people are like oh capitalism dirty word. I mean like, but it's reality of life we live. But it's truth is that. There's a lot you can put up with when yeah. money is on the line. <clears throat> and it's been that way for hundreds of, if not thousands of years. Like these people are going to do business with each other. They're not going to say, oh, we're not going to do business events because you're, you're owned by a Saudi company or you're backed by Saudi money. Like that's not real. That's not reality. 
They could buy them tomorrow. Know, yeah. Speaking of not being in reality. What do you got? Um, so this was posted in the Impact Fan Nation Facebook group. Oh, God. Um, Please tell me this one. <laughs> uh, Anthem should throw their, their spelled T-H-E-R-E, their hat in the ring to buy WWE. Um, I, I just, look, I love Impact fans. Yeah, I, I love Impact fans. I love the fans of this show. I love the reasonable people that we talk to on a daily basis. If you think that Anthem has the money to buy WWE, you are fucking stupid. Now, I had to take could my the, off. <laughs> yeah, could, so Anthem is a subsidiary of this Northern Pacific group, right, which owns a bunch of other smaller ones. So Northern Pacific groups like way up here, right? And this is all broken down by uh, a guy I know, Lavi Margolin. He's a smart guy. Uh, he's tr- get, trying to get into the media space, talk the business of the business with the like Demon Power Trip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. So Northern Pacific groups up here, right? So this is the big portfolio. And then underneath that, one of the smaller ones is – Anthem Sports Media Group or whatever it's called, right? So then you have Anthem, and underneath Anthem, you have Access Fight Network, Impact Wrestling, Impact Channel, then all these little small stations, okay? So they're a they're a smaller group of a bigger group, okay? Could the Northern Pacific Group pull in a bunch of different investors and make a play for WWE? I, I guess if you want to say that, is that possible? Maybe. No, it's not happening. Nobody thinks that's happening. No, they're not even on the table. Could that possibly? Yes, but why would they? There's no reason to. Anthem themselves? Absolutely fucking not. Anthem couldn't even pay for Willie Mack to have a pay raise, right? <laughs> like, they they can't afford to buy talent to white balance their goddamn cameras. What makes you think that Anthem and the Asper family is willing to spend $8.5 billion on WWE? That is ridiculously stupid. You got to have NFL, like you got to own an NFL. That's why the con thing is kind of can make sense, right? Because they own, they are legitimate players. They own an NFL franchise. That's the kind of people we're talking about here. I think that we over, we, when I say we, like we're smart. People listening to this show are smart. Yeah. But there are fans that truly overvalue. It's like when, uh, it's like when Dixie used to say the Panda could buy WWE. It's like, okay, sure. Maybe, maybe they could, but I mean, like, come on, man. Use your brain. Like that's it's a, so uh BQ was trying to talk sense into him and I'm like, BQ, why are you doing that? Good luck, um, BQ. So some in BQ is like, you know, Anthem doesn't have that kind of money. He goes, even the Khan family would need to pull in investors, of course. Mm-hmm. That and that's absolutely accurate, right? Billions um, some, of dollars. Bi- billions. Billions, right? And they're not it's not something you don't just write a check for that. Um but somebody you responded could. to yeah, could, I could yeah. write a billion dollar check. I mean, uh, worthless. It's about it the same as the anthem. Yeah. It would be it would be the same as anthem writing a check. It'd be the same value, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, but B, somebody responds to BQ. Well, actually, they do saying have the money. Anthem is a sports business. You tracking JD? Sports make a lot more than WWE. <laughs> <laughs> anthem okay. does all have the money sports, to <laughs> all sports together combined. Yeah. Do in fact make more than WWE. <laughs> he is a hundred percent right. So he's not lying. Yeah, no. Anthem is a Anthem does sports in Invicta, which is twenty five thousand on YouTube is what they do, I think. But yeah, so they do own a sports business. That is true, and they own a sports network in the Fight Network. So I got to give them that. But uh, yeah, this is the dumbest. I mean, <laughs> we see a lot of dumb discourse, but I'm sorry, man. This guy's a listener. I'm really sorry, but yeah. this is a really dumb take. Yeah, look, look, guys. Ant- 
in the grand scheme of things, Anthem is a small company when you're talking about Comcast and Disney and Viacom. And, you know, like those are the players. Endeavor is this huge, huge company, right? And, you know, Redbird Capital from The Rock, which owns Seven Bucks Entertainment, all these other play, like those are huge, huge companies, right? You're you're talking about Anthem, which owns a handful of small cable channels and a pro wrestling promotion and MMA promotion, both of which are relatively small, right? They they don't they don't have it now. Could they be? Could they? Could a larger investor bring in the Aspers to give some money over to do that? Maybe. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't know what kind of cash Len Asper has lying around. I'm guessing it's not uh, a ton to be just throwing into a WWE investment when you have your own shit to deal with over here. We lost a quarter of our talent this fall in Impact. If Anthem had that kind of money to compete with WWE, because again, as we say, pro wrestlers, very financially driven. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If they could compete with WWE financially, don't you think they could do it? They would be competing with them, let alone trying to buy them. Yeah. Somebody on, somebody man. said, when I made the Willie Mack comment, someone said, well, maybe they were just using their money on Tasha Steele's. Like trying to make that like a like I think he was trying to burn me I guess was that a I don't joke? know I don't know I I know I think I think he was serious Hold on let me let me what? go back to what this guy to what this guy said Please I repeat said, this because I'm struggling here Yeah yeah So I said they couldn't even give Willie Mac a raise and I thought that was a pretty fun joke That is a good and joke guy, I appreciate it This guy replies uh, couldn't or decided their money was better spent on talent like Chris Bay, Rich Swan, Tasha Steeles, and many others they have re-signed. So he's making the argument that they have re-signed others, totally totally negating the fact that they lost about a quarter of the roster. <laughs> totally totally denying that. Okay, okay. If you and own a pro you, wrestling... And, yeah, I'm sorry, I had ahead. to break this down. If you own a pro wrestling promotion, you want more people working for you than not less people working. I mean, I'm saying like... You wouldn't lose all of your a lot of your top end talent was lost because couldn't afford them, right? Yeah, you ain't buying WWE if you're going if you say, mm, you know, catering a little stiff this month. Think we're gonna have to have Krispy Kreme <laughs> instead. Yeah. You know, like you ain't buying a billion dollar company, let alone no, a eight, multiple billion dollar yeah. company. Eight and a half billion dollars is what this thing. Do you know how much for. eight and a half billion dollars is? Think about that. Eight and a half billion dollars. That dude, that's that would be like buying the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? That like that's the kind of money we're talking about. That's insanity. insanity. It's insanity. Yeah. And like, yeah, dude, no, Ant, yeah. no, Ant, no. That's, that's, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I thought I thought you would enjoy that. I thought you'd enjoy that. Anthem. But you know, you know what we won't enjoy, JD. What BTI? Let's talk some BTI, oh. right? Raj Singh and She-Ra defeated Swinger's Dungeon, Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice. And that was talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for talking BTI with us. I don't even have a gimmick on that one. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> no, no, I just just gotta get the gimmick in. We've already we've already gone too long on the WWE shit. Um, a lot of the impact fans are. How can you off. not? How, that's okay. How can yeah. you not? Like yeah. this no, is it's like the biggest it, possibly it affects, in history. It affects everything. It, it absolutely affects everything. Yeah. It changes. The, the business changes forever in the second this deal goes through. Even yeah. discussing this changes everything. Yeah. All right. So we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and get the show started. So the main card, 
Uh, we had a recap of uh, Scott Demore being powerbombed through a table last week. Uh, I got to say, uh, Impact has done a very good job with their vignettes and the recaps and Recap all the stuff they've done to promote, to, to promote Hard to Kill. Uh, good, good on them. Yeah. Um, the first segment of the show is Josh Matthews. So they kick it to Josh Matthews. Joined on Zoom, and the video was like super choppy to where he was trying to interview uh, Bully Ray and Josh Alexander because they're not in the arena, right? So they're doing a Zoom call, a conference call. And um, Josh Matthews, the, the video just kept cutting in and out. And they aired this. They actually did a Zoom. And then I, I quote tweeted them. And I was like, hey, guys, I'll talk to Garrett. But I think that we'll let you borrow our stream. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, you can use our StreamYard account and put that. Yeah. But but we're buying WWE. Yeah. We're we're yeah. we're <laughs> capturing Zoom calls that are bad. Yeah. We're not even cheating Zoom calls, but we're yeah. gonna buy WWE. They 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 could have done this with much better production value had they just filmed it at the arena or brought the guys in. If but they, they can't afford the plane tickets to get them to the studio to reshoot this stuff. <laughs> Fucking a man, I just I mean, but I so it started off pretty choppy, and then uh, the internet ended up working on Josh uh, Josh Matthews, and so, um, but I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do something JD that I don't want to do. Impact where you don't believe in take two. Continue. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna compliment Bully Ray with Why? what with the work with the promo that he did. Yeah, hey, look, if if I'm gonna say if I'm gonna call him out when he does shit that's bad, I gotta say the shit that he does good. He, he and a good I. Th- I thought he was very effective in this promo. He actually came up and th- probably a little bit too effective because I felt like during this promo segment, he seemed like he was the bigger star of the two, honestly. Um, but we, you know, we as Impact fans know the real deal. But if you're outside looking in, you, you know, like he, he just came across as far more confident. And it's just because he's, you know, been doing it forever and he's a great promo, right? He's- so wh- what one thing I want to compliment him on and that he's done a very good job of is putting over Josh while still saying he's going to kick Josh's ass. And he did a good job of breaking down why he wanted this to be a full metal mayhem, right? It's because he goes, look, Josh, I tricked you. I fooled you into making this a full metal mayhem. You know why I wanted this? Because you're like Kurt Angle. I can't beat you in a wrestling match. I can't go like that anymore. Those days are done for me. So I wanted to fight and I wanted to fight you, Josh. Have you ever been in a full metal mayhem, Josh? And it's like, no. It's like, and then he kept saying, you're one of the greatest stars in the world right now. And I can't beat you in a regular wrestling match. So he kept driving that fact home and putting a seed of doubt into the viewers uh, who might think that this is a, a done deal that uh, Josh Alexander is winning. So uh, I felt like this was an effective uh, way to do things here. Yeah. Um, look, I don't like this. I've never made any claims to like this, but I will yeah. never ever say that Bully Ray can't cut a promo. Yeah, I just don't want to see it, right? Yeah, but they've already committed to this, and it's it's all right. My one, my one whole thing with this entire angle is it feels like can we please let two thousand one go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did I attack you with tables, ladders, and chairs? Because that's, you know, we've been doing that for 20 years. That's why. We'll never let that go. We can never let the Attitude Era go. Like, that's mm-hmm. my whole thing with this. It's just, I just don't want it. That, that's where I mean, he, it, it's a good promo. I'm sure them, I'm sure Josh will pull a good match out of him this weekend. Yeah. Good-ish. Yeah. And, 
No, I, I, I honestly, like, I don't think it's going to be best match of the night. I, I'm going to surprise people with my pick later in the evening, what I think will be the best match of the night. Um, but um, I, I think it look, it's Josh Alexander. And for what it's worth, I think put in the right spotlight, I think Bully Ray can perform in big matches if you need him to. I think he could pull something out of his ass if you need him to. I don't want him to. Right, because I think everything he does is kind of old and out of touch and cheap. But if I think in a, in a wrestling ring, look, I think Bully Ray could still get the job done at the end of the day. So it's probably going to be a pretty decent match. So get the job done is an interesting turn of phrase. Um, yeah. sure. I mean, it'll be fine. Whatever gets us to the, the next point. We've been here for a long time. Yeah. I'm I'm done. Yeah, same here. Uh, and I, I'm excited for it to all be over. Yep. Uh, next, we go to Brian Myers with Matt Cardona. He defeated Heath, uh, who had Rhino. Um, the, Matt, the, I think the guys worked pretty hard. The The crowd was silent. I think at certain points, they actually piped in crowd noise, which they're starting to do. They but should. You could tell yeah, everybody was kind of sitting on their hands for this one. But uh, this was just, you know, they're, they're getting to the tag the tag team title match at Hard to Kill. So it was what it was. I told you when I went and saw Emergence this past fall that Heath was over. Yeah, I don't know if it. I think that's over. I think that is over, not over, but I mean, like done over. Like I think we're just kind of here now, you know. And I kind of blame the promotion for not taking enough advantage of things and doing enough creatively with it to set to capitalize. Because this was, uh, I kind of sucked, man. Like with the matches, I guess it was all right, but I mean, like, yeah, just sucked watching it, you know. Well, the the thing is, is that Heath Heath was never really over in this promotion until he started to feud with honor no more. And then he started to interfere in their matches and he would just kind of do these run-ins. He hit his finisher and he'd take off running and the crowd popped for that and they enjoyed it. And I thought he did a good job with it. And then once that was over, like he kind of went back down to where nobody really cared, but I thought they had something there for a little bit with him. So it's funny you say that I'm going to revisit this later about this idea of, of having, of needing effective heels. Yeah. Right. And I think that Heath is uh say what you want about him. The guy's likable, yeah. right? Like he's far better as a baby face than as a heel, despite some really funny stuff about 10 years ago where he was just getting crushed by the, by legends. That was, that was humorous, but I mean, like he's a good, he's a good baby face. He's got a good every man quality to him. And I think we're really hurting from not having a lot of great heels right now in this company. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree. Um, we go to Chris Bay and Ace Austin. They're cutting a promo about how great they have been doing in Japan and that the company has been so happy with them that uh, they're ready to come back and get the tag team titles. And they're kind of pumping up that four-way tag team title match at Hard to Kill. Are we? Ba- are they baby faces or heels? I They were baby faces when they left because yeah. they just couldn't get anybody to ch- to boo the Bullet Club. So yeah. they And you know what? I like them as a baby face team. I'm okay I, with I that. dig it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I just want to know, right? Yeah. I'm not 100% sure where we are with them. It's been a, I feel like it's been a minute since they've been here. Uh, well, they went to the, the junior, went to the tag, junior league. tag league. Yeah. That, was, that was a while ago now. So, I mean, well, like, that, but it, that took over, that happened over the course of two tapings. And for Impact, two tapings is two, two months. months. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I just uh, I just don't remember. It's been a while. Like, the, disc, the wrestling discourse moves so fast. I can't, I couldn't remember where they were in the kind of the pecking order. Hopefully yeah. they're taking champs in the next two months. So, you know, yeah. hopefully. well, I, I'd like to see them have a one-on-one feud with the motor sin machine. guns. I think that'd be great. I think, I think it's coming. Yeah. Um, uh, next, uh, we got some backstage shenanigans 
Taya Valkyrie was like in the fetal position, laying up against the door. What was this? I don't. I guess she got beat up. I don't know. And then it was the, uh, it was Tasha and Jai Vidal and Giselle. But she like she didn't even look beat up. She was just kind of like oh. laying in the fetal. I don't know. It just this whole thing was weird. I didn't um, get it. I'm like, what is going yeah. on here? It was. This was bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Josiah uh, thinks they might be writing off Taya Valkyrie, but I, I don't. Well, I don't think that's true because Taya is on Hard to Kill this weekend. Yeah, I didn't. I saw. I, I read. I, I read his stuff before coming on. I didn't see that at all. Like, there's no rumors about. Well, I don't think anybody's coming back to WWE for for a minute. To be honest, I with think. You. I think there might be a little bit of a hiring freeze, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about Jay White coming up on Patreon. But yeah, I think. I think the that process. I think that stuff is slowing down a little bit. There's a guy. <laughs> Who's not a real big fan of just hiring people over there? I don't. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about Taya. One. I mean, we just got her back. I mean, yeah. I don't think she's going anywhere. No, no. I think they're just building up the match at Hard to Kill, or yeah. it's the Hard to Kill pre-show. So to continue to promote that, Savannah Evans uh, defeated Rosemary. She obviously she got a little bit of help. Um, what, what this could have used a lot more good. help to be quite honest yeah. with you. Yeah, this match wasn't very good. No, not not really much to it. But uh, no. they got that. And then next we go to which a woman Taylor Wilde cut a promo and putting a curse on her opponents. Oh boy! Okay, okay. Taylor Wilde, who I appreciate, I like yeah. her. I think she actually does have a little bit of this like wickedness to her. If you look at her Twitter account, it seems that she's into the weird stuff. But thing about when she took on this gimmick, I thought she was going to bring a little bit more of the the Wiccan side of things, like what an actual wit. I can't believe I'm saying this. What an actual witch is in the year 2023. And instead she's out there ooga booga cursing people. You know, like yeah. we have enough of that shit in this company. We don't need she's, more of it. Well, she's kind of going the stereotypical route of what you would think from like 40 years ago. From like Margaret Hamilton <laughs> running around in a broom. Like yeah. she going to put a big nose and a wart on her face next and like paint her skin green. I mean, I was really disappointed with the angle. I thought she was just going to be like a Wiccan. I'm like, well, it's different, but whatever. If it's if it's her, I'm okay with it. But if it's just going to be like I'm going to curse. You can't put curses on people. There's a guy on the other channel who puts curses on people as a gag. Yeah, like that can't be your serious gimmick when another guy's making a lot of money, by the way, just like pretending to curse people. Well, know? maybe she's just auditioning to be like one of his valets. Maybe that's what she's trying to do. Or, or okay, I watched that. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you, I kind of want to see that. Yeah, or or maybe maybe uh, maybe a house fell on her sister and she's just pissed off about it. It's Russo back. <laughs> I mean. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like this sucks uh, man I yeah but i tell you what doesn't suck a video of the events over the last year that led to mickey james last ride and all the this was she went to the great face promo grace. yeah this, this was, was a great awesome. promo package it was really yeah. good grace said in the video that she didn't want to retire mickey james but that she was not going to sacrifice her legacy for james's career and james said that it was do or die and that she was going to walk out with the title i i loved it um if you guys get a chance i highly recommend the before the bell um, the preview show, it's like a 30 minute preview show that impact did. It's on their YouTube channel for free, um, promoting hard to kill. And they really just went into the Josh Alexander, bully Ray and the Mickey James stuff. So they, it they did a really great job. So, um, everybody go out of your way to check that out. Um, what wasn't great at all. The absolute opposite of great was, uh, the design, uh, they come out and I guess they're going to cut Sammy Callahan's hair. 
because Callahan wants to join the design. This thing went on forever. Diener muttered for a while, and then he cut Callahan's hair, and then it was over. It's legitimately one of the worst segments that I've been I've seen since I've been reviewing this show. Like since I've had this podcast, it's one of the worst. It's right up there with the Rachel Ellering bullshit that we made fun of forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sammy needed a haircut. Let's just put yeah. that up. Let's just let's just put that. Up. He's had a bad haircut for quite a while. Um, I got nothing. This yeah. segment was awful. It was yeah, absolutely it was- awful. It, it was among one of the worst things I've ever seen on this show. Um, it was embarrassing. Look, he got a 20-minute haircut. What are we doing? Like, why do, Why does anybody care? And the whole crowd this isn't was Mexico. silent the whole time. This yeah. isn't Mexico. No one's going to sit around and watch a 20-minute haircut, you know? No. Well, if he lost, like, a hair versus career match, okay, cool. That's at the end of a match, right? But, like, this was just a promo, and he just cut his own hair. It's like, okay. Well, what did we just sit through all that for? Because he could have just gone and then cut to commercial and come back and he was bald. And, you know, our brains would have filled in the rest. Like, this design stuff is just not working. It it really is a shit show. It's it's god awful. Like, I tried to give it a chance. It sucks. I yearn for the Eric Young rambling promo at this point. Like yeah. Diener, I know they like Diener. I like Diener too. He's good at what he does, but him leading a heel, a main, like, it is kind of a main event level heel stale. Like, we're trying to do something with them. We're trying to build them. It's just, I don't know, man. It ain't working. It ain't working. No. Um, next, we go backstage. Gia was with Gail Kim, and they talked about finding someone to fill in for Scott Demore for the time being. So, uh, which we'll learn who that is. So, we're going to have a new authority figure. John Callis. Oh, oh, hold on. Save that thought for... Was, uh, that was a joke. Okay. No, that's not going to be him. But save that thought for the uh, um, Patreon. We're going to sure. we're gonna toss around some ideas. Uh, and then we go to a pretty good match. Uh, Mike Bailey defeated Anthony Green. I like this Green guy, man. I, I've He's watched good. his matches before, but yeah. uh, I thought they had a pretty good match. Uh, ultimate weapon for the three count from Mike Bailey. But uh, good, good stuff, man. I hope they bring this guy back. Um, is it me or is, like, is it crazy to see? I think he's better than just doing swinger shtick. Because, again, that was kind of the idea that was bounded around at first with this guy. But I think maybe, I don't know, it's hard with the look to take him seriously, but I think maybe we that, could take him a little more seriously. I don't know. I yeah, think he's pretty good. because right now, with, with his look, it's going to be difficult because he looks so much like Swinger. Like, they're doing, does. like, they're dressing the same. They have similar hair, right? He looks like he could be Swinger's son, but he wants to also have good matches. And it's like, it's kind of hard to be both, right? There's so a we huge gotta, disconnect there. You, you got you to gotta pick a path here. So yeah. it's like you can be the 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 funny guy, but then go in there and do all the same matches that everybody else is having. That really is going to be against your character. So you, I think this guy might need to either just be a full blown wrestler or go back to being a full blown character. But right now he's going to have trouble doing both. Dan Housen, there you go. Dan Danhausen. People tell me he can work. I've never seen it. All I see him is doing weird shit on the outside and doing funny stuff with Paul Walter Housen and making a fortune. Number one fortune. guy. A number one guy pro wrestling teases here, fucking yeah. Danhausen, and I spent yeah. money because my kid loves Danhausen, so I had to buy him a Danhausen <laughs> shirt. Like, yeah. like this dude, that guy is, and he, how many bumps has Danhausen taken in the year he's been with AEW? I, I think I've maybe seen one. I don't think I've actually seen an actual match of his. Like, I know he had he's a match had, on Rampage, but he's had like or, two or three. But I literally yeah. think he's taken one or two bumps in a year. Good for him. 
Fuck yeah. yeah. You That's talk Cardi. About, yeah. yeah, you want to talk about the best worker in pro wrestling? It's Danhausen. Danhausen. He makes the most money by doing the least. Fucking yep. amazing. Love Found it. a character that everybody loves. He just does this. And everybody yeah. just goes crazy. He shows up and people lose their mind. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah. Great, great stuff. Next, we go to uh, Kevin Kelly from New Japan Pro Wrestling. He pi- he got piped in here. And uh, he cut a promo for New Japan on Access featuring uh, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom 17. One of the best matches ever. So awesome. If you're listening to this show and you have not taken the time to watch Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, please fix that. Like, I don't care what your thoughts about these two performers are. This was just a great storytelling professional wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Everything pro wrestling is. I don't think you're going to have a better match than that this year. I really don't. No. No. Not unless they do it again, which they might. Door. Yeah. Um, And then we... They're supposed Sorry, to be man. the rumor is forbidden door at uh in Detroit. I told Muse I'm sleeping on his couch. If that <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh next the hype video aired for Josh Alexander and Bully Ray. And it was a lot of the stuff that they aired on uh, before the bell from YouTube, and it was great, great stuff. So uh they they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And Alexander was particularly pretty good in this. So I like when Josh Josh does the like intense heartfelt baby face thing so well. Like I don't yeah. I think he's so much better in these things than just giving him a mic in the ring. Cause some guys don't excel at that, right? Like yeah. they aren't really good on the cuff, but if you can get them focused and and like just one on one, they can be really good. And he's one of those guys. He's an I don't know if he's a great promo, but he's like he can be a very effective promo when yeah. In the right environment. This is a perfect example of how to utilize Josh Alexander's unique brand of charisma. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Before the main event, the announcers ran down the card for Hard to Kill, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, But then they announced that uh, Jordan Grace and Mickey James, main event. What do you think? They're main eventing. I like one. I think it's the right call. Mickey James' uh, possible retirement is main event worthy. And I think it's the perfect spot to have some schmaziness. Some (laughs) gaga. Yeah, and uh, Josh and Bully Ray is going to open the show, so they're going to open the show with with them, and they're going to close it with the women. So, is it the first I, time? I dig it. Is it the first time in TNA Impact history that we've had the the world title open a pay per view? Um, I you know what? I don't know. I I I wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm that's curious. pretty weird because WWE does that a lot. It's happened so. before, and well, they when they had two world champions, they can they can do it. But yeah, this company it's different. I don't know if they've ever done that before. Especially for a pay per view, yeah. I don't, I'm I'm intrigued, yeah. and I do. I think the, honestly, the Mickey James Jordan Grace story is significantly better than Bully Ray and Josh. It, so it really is. It really is. Um, and then next we go to Joe Hendry. He grabbed the mic and said that his team was against Dancing Moose and his backup dancers. And then of course they, all the fans, they finally started saying something. They started chanting a uh, Dancing Moose and they started chanting backup dancers. So they got something with this uh, Joe Hendry stuff. So you got a character like it can't. It can't be all characters because then you're watching the circus. Yeah. But if you have the right amount of characters sprinkled in with the show, right? A Joe Hendry and a Josh Alexander on the same on the same show complement each other really well, right? Yeah. Because Josh, I guess you get this heartfelt, intense, you know, raw stuff, and then you got singing Joe Hendry, getting people chanting "Dancing Moose." Like wrestling needs to be both of those things to be at its best, in my opinion. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And the next we go to the main event. We got Moose, Steve Macklin, and Eddie Edwards defeating Rich Swan, Jonathan Gresham, and uh, Joe Hendry. Moose got the pinfall victory over Joe Hendry, so I get the feeling that Joe Hendry is going to be beating Moose at the pay per view um, because uh, Hendry is the guy that they're going to get behind, man. They as well they should. I just, I just hate the WWE booking. Well, this guy lost here, so he should probably be going over the pay per view. I mean, like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're both wrong and they do something else, but. Uh, eh. I just, yeah, it seems on the nose I, with the booking, but I like the match. So, yeah. Uh, and I would say this is probably the, the second best uh, trios main event TV match uh, of the week uh, behind the yes. best. <laughs> uh, you that know, is, I, I, that is yeah. accurate. <laughs> no, I, so this probably a distant, distant second, I would say, but I thought this match was pretty good. It was pretty I, good. You know what? Yeah. I, I thought that um, Eddie Edwards and Moose looked like they could actually be a tag team. I thought they worked well together as a team. Um, I did find the visual of Moose and Jonathan Gresham working together pretty Hilarious. funny. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put on Twitter, and I was like, oh, man, somebody better not tag Gresham in this. But I was like, Gresham looks like Moose in middle school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gresham's tiny. Um, yeah, he, he uh, is, yeah. And Moose is big. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, it's accurate, man. That's accurate. And they're both, you know, and they're both shredded and they're both bald, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's like a mini me. <laughs> I just got them in my head doing Doctor Evil stuff. Oh, yeah. Someone gets to work on that Photoshop. Um, oh, that's funny. It's late, folks. Yeah. Uh, it is late. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll finish this one up here and then we'll head over to Patreon. Um, so yeah, Henry got caught in the tree of woe. Uh, then, but Swan ran into the interverse and saved him. Everyone started hitting big moves again. Moose hit the blind tag, uh, speared Henry and pinned him. Um, and then after the match, as the heels were celebrating, the lights went out uh, and then thunder rumbled and it started to flicker. And Eddie Edwards gross. looked confused. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then the thunder rolls down, 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 and the thunder rolls, and the lightning strikes. The whitest Sorry. moment in the history of the show. Continue. <laughs> hey, I've hey, how many podcasters have ever busted out some Tupac and then busted out Garth Brooks on on the same show? Never happened yeah. before. Just yeah. me, guys. Um, but yeah, so uh, PCO is coming back soon. That's what we're looking at there. So uh, that's cool. I want to see PCO again. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah, but o- overall, I, I, you know what, this is an uneventful show. Um, it, I think the video packages for Hard to Kill were strong, but you could have watched those in clips on you, Twitter and YouTube. Not a so. great go home show, man. Not a no, great go home show. They didn't really have anything on the show that was just like, like made me want to run out and go buy this pay per view. I, you know, and I was already in. Don't get me wrong, but there was no angle that happened that said, okay, now I got to see how this plays out on the show. No, I almost wonder if they if they should have waited a week to do the thing with Scott. I probably, yeah. You know, yeah. But what's done is done. Yep, what's done is done. All right, Patreon. Uh, we we got a few things to talk about. There wasn't much impact news, so I'm gonna I I will I will get to to some of that. Oh, you know what I want to do? I want to do the hard to kill preview. I'm sorry, hard to kill preview. Um, so start I with have... that. You want to close with that? We'll, we'll we'll start with that, and then we'll get into some news, and then uh, we'll be good because I think the hard to kill preview will do a separate video. Um, so the hard to kill preview. Um, so for the Impact World Championship match, so I got the betting odds here. Impact World Championship match. We got Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray. Josh Alexander is minus five thousand. 
minus five thousand. So to win a hundred, oh, to win a hundred dollars, you have to bet five thousand. Okay, okay. Um, but it? if you bet on Bully Ray, so Bully Ray is plus one thousand. Okay, so if you bet a hundred dollars, you would win a thousand dollars if you bet on Bully Ray. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you bet, if you bet, if you put five thousand dollars on Josh Alexander, you would win a hundred dollars, right? So you okay. come back with fifty one hundred. But if you bet a hundred dollars on Bully Ray, you would win a thousand dollars. So Bully Ray, obviously the underdog, Josh Alexander, the favorite. Okay. Um, so who you got, Alexander or Bully Ray? We're not actually betting. I'm just, I just think the the betting odds for wrestling is funny. It's crazy. It's like betting on a movie. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Josh Alexander because I'm done with the show if Bully Ray is the champion. I just I can't <laughs> do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Josh Alexander, same here. Uh, Impact's Knockout World Championship. We got the Jordan Grace at minus one eighty, and Mickey James at plus one thirty. So Mickey James is the underdog for this match. Um, I man, I'm all in on Mickey James, man. If I had a betonline.ag account, I'd put some money down on Mickey. Are they paying us for this because we're plugging them a lot? Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think there's just too much storyline potential in this. Unless Mickey really just wants to be done, it seems a little unceremonious, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then we got uh, the world tag team t- uh titles, we got the Motor City Machine Guns at minus 200, the major players at plus 225. Ace Austin and Chris Bay at plus three fifty. If you're gonna be a, if you're gonna bet on one match, I would bet on Austin and Bay at plus three fifty. Um, that that those are good odds. And then Heath and Rhino at plus one thousand. I don't think they're gonna win. Um, I, if I were betting, I would bet Austin and Bay. But since I'm not, I'm gonna go Motor City Machine Guns retaining. No, I'm gonna say Austin and Bay. I like that. I think okay. I think they can. I think they can pin like you know Brian Myers and win the tag team titles. And you know uh, we have a feud. You know you never beat us. Yeah. Am I wrong? Okay. That's not- that did I did I WWE myself? No, no, no. I I I I honestly could see Austin and Bay winning. I I don't think it's that far fetched. I just think the Guns just got the titles. So I figured they're gonna run with them for a little bit, but who knows? I, again, also, I, also I impact. Still, yeah, it is also impact. But I see Babyface in a chase, maybe a little bit better. You yeah. know, because I think that's the match we want to see, right? Right. And I just it seems to me that the the Guns would be better in the chase in that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Impact Digital Championship match. We got uh, Joe Hendry versus Moose. Um, Hendry's at minus 300. Moose is a plus 200. I'm going with Hendry. The biggest digital media championship match ever. Easily. I think they should promote it as such, too. They should. And I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe all the fucking way. Joe Hendry. He's the man. Yes. X Division Championship, we got Trey Miguel at minus 600, so he's the favorite, and Black Taurus at plus 350. They put the title on Black Taurus. <laughs> no, they would have to mean they have to respect luchadors. They don't yeah, they don't, they don't do that. They don't care about luchadors. Yeah. At the same time, we're just getting started with this uh, heel run for Trey, so I think uh, too early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too early, yep, Trey, all the way. Uh, three-way number one contenders match. Or actually, it's a four-way. I'm sorry, four-way. Masha Slamovich. Yeah. Masha Slamovich at minus 400. Diona Prazo plus 325. Killer Kelly at plus 400. I think that one could be a dark horse. And then Taylor Wilde at plus 1400, despite the fact that she has magic powers. She is the biggest underdog in the match. Um, I, You know what? I, I think I'm going to go with Killer Kelly on this one. I think they're going to try to build somebody here. Masha, because she just put over okay. uh, Taylor last week. That's, that, no, yeah. 
Speaking of magic powers, I have to correct our friend Josiah because he said apparently Sammy Callahan has the power to teleport now in his yeah. in his work. Sir, te- Sammy Callahan has been teleporting forever on this show. Yeah, yeah. Like, where this where is, have you been? Yeah, yeah. It does this all the time. That's what the <laughs> is is Sammy Callahan's chunky butt teleporting into the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, Sorry, it just that just made me think of that when you said magic powers. Well, he can barely get into his pants, but he has no problem getting through a wormhole. Apparently. Got it. It's how he moves so fast. <laughs> yeah. Versus space uh, and time. No yeah, longer has a John- bad haircut. That's making fun of something no. else about Sammy now. <laughs> we got uh, Jonathan Gresham at minus two hundred versus Eddie Edwards at plus one fifty. I'm I'm going to Gresham here. He just got brought in. And plus PCL is going to somehow screw Eddie Edwards here. I agree. I think Josh is new. Uh, Eddie Edwards is kind of Teflon, and we're uh, we're doing something character wise with Eddie, and I I think this is a. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think this is going to be an excellent professional wrestling match. But uh, Jonathan Gresham. And I think this ends up being the match of the night. I think I um, completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Um, and then last match, we got, I think it's a false count anywhere match. It's uh, Steve Macklin and Rich Swan. So Macklin's at minus 800. And Rich Swan is at plus 450. I hate having to beat Rich, but I think I think Macklin's got to be the play. I, I, think, I think Macklin and Josh is where you go next. You know, I, 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 know, agree. I know they're... I know they're going to want to go to to Josh and Gresham soon, probably. I think you go. I think this next pay per view, the the February show, No Surrender, I think is what it's called, or Sacrifice. Can't remember which one, but I think I think you go with Macklin there, and then you save the Gresham match. I think you push the Gresham match off as long as possible. I think you put Gresham in there with Trey as soon as possible. Let Gresham yeah. win the X, and then kind of redo what you had earlier, right? Yeah. Like what yeah. I mean when Josh when Josh was the X Division champion and came up, I think you do the same thing with Gresham because you get a nice little parallel storytelling thing there. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. And uh, that's it for the uh, the recap portion of the show, everybody, to the free feed. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, head over to patreoncom media. We got uh, we got some more content coming right at you. Um, but Patreon, stick around. 